0: My name is Jeffrey Sidoris, and this is Iteration 60. In the last iteration, I talked about the importance of giving yourself little victories in the work that you do. Tiny wins that you can finish in a day or two that will often re-energize you or jumpstart your creative momentum on larger, more time-consuming projects. In this iteration, I want to share a couple of examples of little wins that I've given myself over the past week or so. You may have noticed, or you may not have, and that's okay too, but I've given the cover art for each of my three current podcasts a slight redesign. They still have a similar feel to the previous versions, but I think they all work together a little bit better and feel more on point with my overall design aesthetic, if that makes sense. I've also made some changes to my website. Again, nothing really major, but I've tweaked the fonts and the color palette and made a few layout changes, so there's just a little more visual cohesion between the design of the show covers and the site. I feel like I used to make tweaks to my site a lot more often than I have lately. In fact, I think prior to this latest refresh, my site has been pretty much the same for the past three or four years, which is by far the longest I've ever gone without making any changes. When Flash was still ubiquitous with web design, it seems like we were always making little tweaks. Implementing new bits of interactivity or features to improve the UX. Maybe it was partly because web technology seemed to be changing faster and we were psyched to try out all the new tools. Sort of like when synths went mainstream. I mean, try to find a pop record in the 80s that didn't use a DX7 or a Jupiter 8 or a Fairlight. Honestly, I've never had as much fun designing web content as I did using Flash. Sure, you can do a lot with HTML5 and CSS, but it's just not the same. That said, I've got a new show launching in 2020 and a new product or two that might see the light of day as well, so it felt like a great time to freshen things up a bit. In addition to the visual updates, I've used the time as an opportunity to remove some of the older content that was just no longer relevant and tried to reorganize the site to better fit where I want to go over the next year. One of the other reasons I've been giving my site a little more attention recently is that I'm making a conscious effort to have my site be more of a destination that showcases all of the things that I'm doing rather than rather than depending so much on a fragmented representation of what I do on social media. I feel like with the rise in popularity of Instagram, especially the personal website has sort of lapsed in its importance to what we do as visual artists or really makers of any kind. With more than 100 million photos being uploaded every day to Instagram, it's really easy for your work to get lost in all that noise. And if your images do happen to get noticed and that person wants to see more and clicks on the link in your bio, and just as an aside, why Instagram still refuses to allow links and post captions is just dumb. I mean, I, I get it. I get that they want to keep users on platform, but... From a usability and discoverability perspective, it's just dumb. So is the arbitrary requirement of having 10,000 followers to enable the swipe up functionality on stories. Anyway, if, if a user does click on the link in my bio, for example, which goes to my website, because they want to see more of my work or find out what I'm all about or whatever the reason, and I haven't updated it to include my latest work or projects that I have in the works, I'm sort of shooting myself in the foot because chances are I've lost their attention and am unlikely to get it back. So I've taken on this sort of personal mission to make websites relevant again, or at least my website. Now, I realize that you may be thinking that there's nothing wrong with your current website, and that may be true. And I'm not suggesting that your site needs to be redesigned from the ground up if you're using Squarespace, for example, you can make all sorts of tweaks to colors and fonts, even layout, in minutes without changing themes. The same goes for WordPress, which is what I currently use for JeffreySadoris.com. Most of the recent changes that I made to my site were done in less than an hour from the theme customization panel. That and a plugin that I use that gives me a little more control over my fonts. Honestly, it took longer to decide what I wanted to change than it did to actually change it. Now, to be fair, I've also written quite a bit of custom CSS to change things that aren't available in the default customization panel, but that's really a personal choice and certainly not necessary. It's actually one of the skills that I'm grateful to have because it really does come in handy, and it's one of the reasons that I love design in the digital realm. It's fluid. The web isn't print, although with all of the available layout tools, we can certainly make it look like print, but it's still not print. If you design a print ad or a campaign for a magazine or a catalog or even a photo book and you spot an error or you decide that there's just something you don't like about it, you're kind of stuck. The web is a different beast and in many ways a more forgiving one, at least from a design perspective. Code is a different story. Fortunately, I'm able to fix most of the things that I break, but there have been a few times where I've had to call in a favor or two. That said, most content errors can be easily fixed, and as I've already mentioned, things like colors and fonts and even layout can often be tweaked in minutes. Look, your website is completely within your control. It may be the only thing that you really do control when it comes to your work and how it's perceived. You get to decide not only what work gets seen, but also how a user sees it. So if you haven't given your website or your portfolio much attention in recent years, it might be a great time for a refresh. If nothing else, it will give you a chance to take another look at the work you present to see whether it still fits where you are or where you'd like to go in 2020. In the show notes, you'll find links to a few things I thought you might find interesting. First up, when I'm not recording or editing shows... There's almost always music playing, especially when I'm in the studio painting, where I listen mostly to either jazz or down-tempo. I've put together a terrific Spotify playlist that's devoted exclusively to some of the great Blue Note recordings. It's got 365 tracks from artists like John Coltrane, and Art Blakey, and Dexter Gordon, Lee Morgan, and a ton more. And speaking of music, Orba is a new synth and MIDI controller that was inspired by the size and shape of things like grapefruits and teacups. Honestly, it's unlike anything I've ever seen. It's velocity sensitive, it's capacitive touch sensitive, and it has a built-in gyro so you can stroke it, or tap it, or shake it, or just wave it around and make music using the built-in sounds, or by connecting via Bluetooth MIDI to apps like GarageBand or Logic or Ableton, you name it. I am so getting one of these things to keep on my desk in the studio. And finally, when I first visited the East Coast, Adrian introduced me to a drink called a Dark and Stormy, which is an adult beverage made with Gosling's dark rum, ginger beer and lime. Now, while I've been drinking ginger ale since I was a kid, I never tried ginger beer until I got here, which has a much stronger bite to it. And it's delicious. The other day, and I can't remember what I was looking for to cause this to pop up, but I happened across a recipe for a dark and stormy icebox cake. Now, icebox cakes were popular in the 50s and 60s. So maybe I was searching for mid-century furniture or something. Anyway, icebox cakes are no-bake cakes that use alternating layers of cookies and whipped cream, which are then refrigerated overnight, which allows the cookies to form a more cake-like texture. And this particular one uses ginger snaps, vanilla extract, and lime zest. You're welcome. Subscribe to iterations in your favorite podcast app, or you can get everything I produce, every iteration, every in-between, every process driven, all in one feed by subscribing to Jeffrey Sadoris. everything. You can connect with me on Instagram and Twitter at Jeffrey Sedoris, that's J-E-F-F-E-R-Y-S-A-D-D-O-R-I-S, or on my website at jeffreysedoris.com. And if you'd like to share your website or let me know what you're working on, email me at talkbackatjeffreycidoras.com. I'd love to hear from you. And if you're enjoying the show, I'd love it if you would consider leaving a review or a rating on iTunes or share it on social media to help others find it. I'll be back next week with another episode, and I hope you'll join me. Until then, and as always, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for your time. Thank you for your attention. I'll talk to you on the next one.